The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. A scripture in Proverbs chapter 18 sounds like it would have been in Psalms rather than Proverbs. Now I'm going to read it and see if you agree. It's chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. What a promise that is. And a lot of things in the book of Proverbs are principles, and it's overriding thought, but some are so strong and so powerful, and this is one of them. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and it's our joy to be with you today on Exploring the Word as we explore the book of Proverbs. We're, uh, we started off kind of trying to do two, and uh, we came up with decisions. There's, we're missing too many great, great verses. So we're doing one a day, and on this day, we're doing Proverbs 18. Alex, again, uh, each proverb, each chapter that I get into, I say, okay, this is as good as the last one. This is good. Chapter 18 is no different, brother. Well, amen. It's great to be with you, Bert, and it's just a blessing to have everybody listening. You know, you mentioned how uh, Proverbs 18 sounds like Psalms, and uh, in fact, uh, verse 13 to me sounds like James. You know, he that answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and a shame to him. James 1.19 Remember, it says we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. So, but you know, uh, Bert, I'm sure you've heard the old phrase that Scripture interprets Scripture. I think part of the reason that we we see so many of the other truths of Scripture echoed in Proverbs is because the Word of God uh, not only it it sheds light on itself, but it harmonizes with itself. God's truth complements God's truth. And so much of this wisdom we see in in God's wisdom book, it, it does bring to mind many other precious scriptures, too. It does. And, and when you do that, let me just share with you, that is great way to study the Bible. Uh, I was taught about, uh, you know, illustrations and oh, yeah. uh, in preaching. And the best illustrations of Bible material is other Bible material. And yes, you got everyday, you got historical, you got science, you got all kinds of of illustrative material that you can use. But when there is a biblical story that illustrates that or a biblical verse that helps that, uh, I I think it adds fuel to the fire. And that's true with chapter 18 of Proverbs. And let me read verse 1 and get us started because... uh, I, I, I did some studying on that, and different people uh, do this in different ways, but I think, uh, I hope we can uh, give truth to it. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, this can be bad if you isolate yourself, but it also can be good at times to isolate yourself. Uh, Jesus would leave the crowd and even leave the 12 to go out and be by himself with the Lord at times. Not long, but at times. And so, Alex, but continual isolation. You remember uh, the demoniac of Gadara? Uh, he was by himself. He dwelt in the tombs. We would call it the graveyard. 
and no one could tame him. And so isolation is one of those things. It's kind of like rain. It's good for a while, but you don't need it continually. Yeah, that's true. And isolation can become unhealthy. You know, I've often heard of stories of, of leaders that um, if things weren't going right, they just would um, distance themselves from other people. And it's just, uh, uh, it can be uh, counterproductive, too much alone time for sure. But let me read a little bit about this. We're in Proverbs 18, if you can follow along. Uh, it says, The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Bert, did you ever hear that saying, still waters run the deepest? Uh, yes, and, yes. You know, I've always heard, you know, like if you're in a meeting at work, don't be the first to speak. In fact, maybe uh, be the last to speak. Hear everything and, and you know, uh, process it and everything like that. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about how we speak, and we'll see more of that. Uh, look at uh, um, verses 6 and Seven, a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for strokes. All right, what what does that mean? It means very often what a foolish person is saying, he's just begging for judgment. Or, you know, we used to say this, especially when brothers and sisters are fighting, say, hey, you're asking for it. You remember, you remember <laughs> that do. phrase? Yes, I do. Well, verse 6, a fool's mouth calls for strokes. Or whippings, you know, a fool's mouth is his destruction, says verse 7, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Have you ever heard about somebody being caught in their own words? That's why let God's truth fill your heart and let truth be what comes from out of you. Verses 6, 7, and 8 are grouping. Now, in Proverbs, as we've said, many, many of them is just stands alone. Uh, it's by itself. But sometimes, like in this, verses 6, 7, and 8 is talking about this individual. And Alex, I would say it's uh, they digress even further. A fool's lip enters into contention. A fool's mouth is his destruction. But listen to this, verse 8. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. It's our gossip, slander. And they go down into the utmost body. Uh, again, notice the results of these. The first one in verse 6, a fool's lips enter in contention. Well, the result, his mouth calls for blows, as you were saying. Then verse 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction. What's the results? His lips are the snare of his soul. He gets caught up in his own lie. And then verse 8, and, and I think this is more cautious than the others for those of us who were followers of Jesus Christ the words of a talebearer are like, like slander, and they go down in the utmost body. Be careful what you pass on. And I've heard people say, well, it's the truth. Just because it's the truth doesn't mean Amen, you need bro. to pass it on. Be careful about that. And, and if, as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, be careful. Uh, Alex, have you ever heard you're talking about what your parents would tell you? Son, mm. if you can't say something nice about somebody, don't say anything. And, and yeah. I know there's a time, there's a time to speak up. Uh, it's, and I'm going to use this. Uh, I think it's in the news today, and they use it as an illustration. I don't want to get this off track. But all the illegal immigrants that's coming in, and now they have a video of them taking those and, and, and quote, dumping them in New York, you know. 
and they got yeah. a video of it and they it's it's illegal it's wrong if that's the truth of what is going on and so there's a time to speak uh you know the whole idea is the exp- uh the news media being, it, truth. yeah yeah they're to do it but they've been implicit in the cover-up and so <clears throat> here's where you need wisdom and you can speak to it again i don't want to spend too much time on this but we need the wisdom of god when we know of something does it need to be shared with some people or does it not and uh, i think we need the power of the holy spirit and the word of god to help us to make those decisions alex well, we do. We really do. And, you know, when it comes to um, hurting somebody's feelings or really, you know, and there's a fine line. And I want to say this, especially when we're dealing with the people in our own household, whether it's spouses talking to each other, discussing things, um, siblings, brothers and sisters or um, parent to child. Here's the thing. You want to love and speak truth, correct each other, but you don't want to crush somebody's spirit. And sometimes people use truth just to to beat somebody down. And that's not of God. It, it really isn't. Um, use truth as as a medicine, but not as as a, a weapon. Alex, you know? with that in mind, <clears throat> now I know I want to go back to verses 10 and 11 are too good, but talking about breaking the spirit, Look down to verse 14 that speaks to that. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but he who can bear a broken spirit. That's exactly what you were talking about. So when you put what you just said concerning speaking the truth and how you do it and the tone you use, you better be careful. You break that spirit. And here uh, Solomon warns against that. So it's how how that is connected. It's amazing that you just did that. I know this might sound um, a little bit uh, off topic, but I was counseling with a family. They had had a lot of issues. And the one son who, even at the present moment, is far from God. But he had worked, 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 and all through high school, he made all A's except one B. And he was a class valedictorian. And ninth through 12th grade, all A's, one B. That's pretty impressive in my book it would be well, anyway, in mine. <laughs> and but his dad flew off very angry said it could have been all a's you just and this guy was telling me he said it just it crushed me he said i had worked so hard and my dad was shouting at me you know you were one grade away from a perfect score you blew it and he said something in me something within me just said why bother you know yeah now, there's a balance. We want to encourage people. We want to say, hey, do your best. Um, stretch. Go a little farther. So I'm not saying don't correct. But, Bert, you know, um, and I do love that verse. I love 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmity. Um, everybody loves a, an attaboy. Do you know what I mean by an attaboy? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, that pays a lot of dividends um, as a parent and certainly as a friend or an employer, um, be somebody who, who can see the, the dividends of giving people a word of encouragement. That is so true. And the Bible in Ephesians warns against that <clears throat> about not speaking word and putting more on your child. And yeah, they're to obey you. You're to encourage them, but do not put more on them than, than is necessary. And so, uh, Alex, a good word. 
I w uh, maybe I think we have time here. Yes, verses ten and eleven. These are too good, and I opened it up uh, the the program today with verse ten. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. The righteous run to it and are saved. I, I was doing some looking and research. The names of the Lord, uh, Elohim, Jehovah, and then all the different ten compound names of of Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides, uh, Jehovah Nishi, the Lord, our banner. Uh, so many of these that you, and then you get Adonai, uh, he controls, and then you get into Jesus and all the names he has. When you consider Solomon saying this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and, and you run to it, you, you understand that he is the one, he is the one that can provide salvation. He is the one that provides for us the assurance. He's a friend that stays with us through thick or thin. The righteous run to it and are safe. Alex, did you ever sing that song by Don Moen, Blessed Be the Name, name of, the, of Lord. the Lord? You better believe it. And that verse is a lyric in that song. The it name is. of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. I can hear that song right now. It's a great song, isn't it? It is. And today, uh, you're struggling. Uh, people out there, you may be driving a truck. You may be sitting at an office, listening to earphones, earbuds, and, and uh, you're struggling. You're struggling in your life. Run to the Lord. He is a strong tower, and he will help you. He will strengthen you. He'll bring you through. He is the one. No other one can do that. This is Bert and Alex, and we're coming to you today on Exploring the Word in Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to be back and finish this chapter. Don't go away. I think it'll really encourage you. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Samantha Power, Administrator for the U.S. Agency for International Development. Her agency administers civilian foreign aid and development assistance. Proverbs 1, 24 through 25 reminds us of the importance of generosity. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Samantha Power as she helps support our country's foreign assistance programs. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says it's one thing to feel shame about something you've done wrong but quite another to be ashamed of something right and good. He'll tell us more about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. I love the way that 2 Timothy puts it. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, and don't be ashamed. We live in a day of no shame. You see things on television you would never have thought. You would see on television, you hear language that you never thought. You would hear, you see parades 
that you would never thought you would have seen because there is no shame. And I don't hear anybody apologizing. In other words, what they're saying to everybody else is adjust because this is the way it is. Jesus says, I want you to confess me before men in the same way that a married person wears a wedding ring. He's saying, don't take off your Christian ring when you go to work. Don't take off your Christian ring when you're in the neighborhood. Don't take off your Christian ring when you're around non-Christians to placate their rejection. Now, there's a way to do it, of course, but it shouldn't be ambivalent or ambiguous. It should be crystal clear. Give your faith a fresh start by relying on God's power instead of your own. And check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, Proverbs has so many famous verses, and Bert, in Proverbs chapter 18, we'll, we'll get to it in just a moment, I'm sure, but there's a really famous verse near the end of this chapter, and it's a great verse. And we are exploring the Word. We're so glad you're listening. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland, we are in Proverbs 18. I do want to give the telephone number because in just a few minutes we'll open up the phones and take your Bible questions, 888 We'd be very honored if you would call in with a Bible question. But, Bert, you know, before the break, uh, you were reading, and you were talking about the spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. There is so much to be said about um, our emotions. And, you know, Angie is a nurse, and she just recertified for five more years. And I've heard Angie say it. I've heard doctors say it. There is a connection between your emotional state and your physical health. Am I right? You're right. And, and, and we, here, here's where I go to. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, that stands alone, but it also means we're all connected. I have found out spiritually, uh, emotionally, uh, and physically that uh, they either feed one another or detract from one another. Uh, and, and so there's going to be times in our lives, Alex, where our emotions are raw, where our emotions are, are very, it's very difficult to control them. It may be over a sadness, a disappointment, a death, uh, a loss. Uh, and then spiritually there, there, you know, I, I remember, uh, Ron Dunn, and I refer to him quite often. He was, he's one of my favorite preachers. Is he still living? No, he, he went on to be of the Lord. But okay. he was talking about when those dry spells come and you can't even praise yourself. He said, talked about those four men that brought their their friend and put him on the roof and let him down through the roof to Jesus. He said, and that's the reason we're going to get to that famous verse you talked about, friends. I'm just preempting. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with some people that can can take you to the Lord 
And, and mm-hmm. Alex, um, I think all of us has been there. If you haven't, I believe you will be there. Uh, there's dry spells that come along ever so often in our hearts and our lives, and we don't mean for it to happen, but uh, we have to refresh ourselves in, in each morning. But here, well, I, I agree with you. That spirit, we're all connected. And uh, so a person whose spirit has been damaged or broken, uh, Alex, uh, those of us who are their friends, if we can, we need to come alongside them and strengthen them and help them and encourage them, don't we? We do. And, you know, I've, I've quoted this many times. Y'all, y'all know I love quotes, a, a real good quote. But um, Oswald Chambers, in his very famous book, My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers said that the Christian must, now listen to this, quote, vigilantly believe what is true. I was talking to a dear saint of God yesterday, and he was sharing about how he had lost his job at one time, and he was very upset, and he was, oh, you know, the Lord, where is God? How did this happen? And his wife, very godly wife, said, are you finished yet? <laughs> said, you know, you belong to Jesus. God is in control. God is going to provide. And he, he said, thank the Lord I had a good Christian wife to snap me out of my, or, or as we say, talk talk me off of a ledge. Now, here's the thing about the spirit of a man, and there may be somebody listening, and you, you've got things hard right now, and yeah, even even very godly people go through deep valleys, but you know, vigilantly believe the truth. The truth is, God is for you. The truth is, God will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus knows where you are. Jesus knows what you need, and Bert, I find that when when depression or, you know, paranoia or something is is knocking at the door. Let's go back over these exceeding great precious promises, the great realities of our Lord, because uh, I'll say this, and I want your response. Who we are in Jesus and our Savior who conquered death and the grave, our Savior who is coming soon, I mean, that's what we've got to stay focused on is the reality of all that we have in Jesus. The truth is the truth, and the truth that God cares, he loves, he's with you. Let's go on the other side of that. The truth is you're going to have difficulties. The truth yep. is you're going to have trials. Listen to, and, and again, I, I it just so happens I, I, I'm i in First Peter studying it on Wednesday nights uh, where I'm interim at First Baptist Baldwin, and, and I know you're doing do teach First Peter at the Cove this summer. But listen to this in, in verses 5 and 6 of First Peter. These, those of us who are kept, we're saved, we're kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. That's what you were talking about, Alex. He loves us. He's caring for us. He keeps us. In this, we greatly rejoice. Now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. The trials are real as well. And, and so if somebody, if you've been saved just for a little while and somebody told you, oh, come to Jesus and you'll have no more problems. Come to Jesus and everything's going to be smooth sailing. I, I don't know why they would tell you that, but they were not telling you what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that we live in a fallen world. Therefore, the difficulties will be a part of our lives, Alex. And so what do we do? We do exactly what you said. We remind ourselves of all those promises of God. We go to Philippians 4, 8 and think on these things. The whole idea of thinking is dwell on these things. 
Don't dwell on those difficulties. Don't dwell on the hardships. They're part of life. They're there. But keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and who he is and his promises. He'll see us through, won't he? Well, he really will. He he really will. And uh, let me read on. We're in Proverbs 18, folks. The heart of the prudent man gets knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. The word prudent there in uh, verse 15 really means discerning. Um, and, and it speaks of presence of mind. You've heard the old saying, you know, um, have your wits about you. Yeah. In other words, you're of a clear mind, you're understanding things. Well, if you're if you're smart, you're going to seek knowledge. And if your ear is wise, it will listen for knowledge. Now, verse 16 is very interesting. A man's gift maketh room for him and brings him before great men. Now, it, it really, the word in the King James here says make room. It's the opening of a gate. All right. Now, what is the gift? It, it doesn't necessarily mean you bribed your way into an opportunity, but it might mean the way you carry yourself, your words. Um, you know how to be polite. You know how to be gracious. And it might be that you took, you know, you bought somebody a meal or something, but there is a way. Now, listen to this. Ethically, morally, you can better yourself. You can open doors for yourself. In verse 16, if you're wise and righteous and diligent, it will bring you before great men. Alex, In other words, opportunity. I was reading about this, and it was talking about the giftedness, not only the gifts that we get, but the giftedness that we have from God, you know, abilities, talents. They'll right. open doors. And the illustration that was used was Ben Franklin, uh, one of our founding fathers, who, who was uh, just an author an inventor, a statesman, uh, a writer. I mean, so many things that he had and how many doors were open to him. That was the whole idea because he would go to France and England and he represented the United States at a very important time uh, during that period of time using the giftedness that he had that opened the doors to kings and prime ministers and leaders Use the gifts that God has for you to open the door of the gospel uh, to others, to open the door to God's greatness. I, I think and, that's uh, that verse, uh, if you start looking at it, it really does have a lot of strength in it, doesn't it? Well, we're going to get, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we'll get to Proverbs 22. But it says, do you see a man diligent in his business? He will stand before kings. Isn't that something? So, um Listen, we're, it, whatever we do, we do it for the Lord, obviously. We're doing what we do to lift up the name of Jesus. I, I've always been so moved by the words of Billy Graham, who said that he didn't care whoever knew his name, but he cared that everybody knew Jesus' name. That's Listen, if you're godly, diligent, discerning, wise, in other words, you're, you're a believer led by the Lord, God will take you places. He, he really will. Okay, uh, verse 17, he that is first in his own cause seems just, but his neighbor comes and searches him. You know, Bert, sometimes you hear the first, there, there's two sides to every story, and you hear the first part of it, and you think, well, that seems reasonable, but then somebody else cross-examines you, and you say, oh, well, there's more to it than I realized. Now, verse 18 is Well, wait a minute, Alex. You mean Paul Harvey was right when he said the rest of the story 
That's right. Liz, <laughs> be, be wait before you, yeah, before be, you conclude. Exactly. Listen to the whole the thing. That's awesome. Go ahead, man. Well, verse 18 is what we need for our times. Now, now it's going to sound different, but let me elaborate to the best of my ability on this verse. The lot causeth contentions to cease and parteth between the mighty. All right. Let's say you've got a contention. You've got a disagreement. And one guy's got one opinion, the other guy's got his opinion. Now, casting lots, I'm not talking about gambling here. The word of, we're not the word of God is not endorsing uh, you know, the dice table here. But what it means in verse 18, an objective standard outside of anybody's opinion. Now, what they would do, and you know, when they replaced Judas with Matthias, they drew lots. This was a way, because they felt like in the providence of God, whoever drew the, the short straw, God oversaw that. But Bert, here's what I'm saying in verse 18. Like with morals, um, everybody's got their opinion. What we need is the law of God to cause contentions to cease. What we need is an objective third-party standard that causes uh, the mighty to resolve their division. And friend, I'm going to tell you what, in America, the, the rule, the law, that standard that was bigger and above anybody's attitude or opinion, it was the law of God, wasn't it? It is. Let me give another real quickly. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, after the first missionary journey, they went up to Jerusalem, but then they were going out again. And uh, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark, and Paul said, no, he left us the first time. I'm not going to let him go this time. And it said the contention was great. But notice what happened. The contention may be great, but the division does not have to be. And, and what happened? Uh, uh, Barnabas took John Mark. He went to Cyprus. Paul, Apostle Paul, took uh, Silas, and he went to Asia Minor. And Alex... Uh, contentions are going to happen. They're going to happen between a husband and wife. They're going to happen between parents and children. They're going to happen between in churches. The contentions are there. But what do you, and what you said, you bring the word of God, you bring the Holy Spirit. You can have contentions without being contentious. That's the mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And and be ready. Be ready to take, you know, unless it's a mountain to die on, um, let blue carpet's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, amen. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, in church life, I've been asked a time or two to uh, be the tiebreaker over carpet color and thing. I'm like, I don't care. Amen. Look, yeah. I'm not going to get in that fight as long as we can preach the gospel. But three verses, I'm going to read them quickly. A brother offended is harder to oh, be man. won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Hey, the best thing you can do, rather than having to win somebody back who's offended, don't let them get sideways with you in the first place. Amen. Um, but then, whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtains favor Verse of the 22, Lord. Verse 22, right? Verse 22. Bert, I bet you and I each could wax long on that one, couldn't we? We could. And, and listen, uh, what a blessing it is. And Alex, you was talking about a, a man that was down, everything's going wrong, everything's right, and his, and his wife came to him, and he, she's the one that uh, let him know what he was sounding like. 
Uh, she she said, "Are you finished?" <laughs> we need hey, that. Bert Harper needs that ever so often. I don't. I know you do as well. You know. Hey, listen, men. The way the Holy Spirit speaks to you, husbands, very, very, very often is through your wife. It is. And trust a recovering knucklehead who had to learn this the hard way. <laughs> hey, but let's get to verse something. twenty-four because I, I think yes, they're I think they're connected. The wife and a friend. Let that wife be that friend that you desperately need, Alex. Go ahead with verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Hey, you know, it's one of the laws of, of life. Give away what you need. If, you, if you're lonely, then start being friendly to people, and you'll get friends, you know? If, you, if you're down... Start being an encourager, and people will encourage you. And that friend that's closer than a brother with you at all times, it's Jesus. Make him your best friend. Here's Jesus in the Proverbs. Uh, We've tried to look at that as Alex and I are going through Proverbs. We look at those, the two that you see today that really make you known about the Lord Jesus. is verse 10 and verse 24. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Run to Christ. You who are lost, come to Christ. And this one that we just talked about, a man uh, who has friends must himself be friendly. But look at that last one. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's none other. As Alex said to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He is with you always to the very end. Alex Jesus is that friend, and you and I both, we've received him, but our desire is for those who are listening to receive him as well. So if you don't know Christ, ask him in. Alex and I are going to take questions in the last segment. That number that you can call is 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you today. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Here's Pastor Jeff Shree with From His Heart Ministries. Do you have anything difficult in your life? Something that's facing you right now that is just too difficult for you? It may be impossible. For you, it's not impossible for him. And he wants to do a miracle in your life today. Find real hope when you discover the power of Christ. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart, weeknights at 6 Central, here on American Family Radio. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Look briefly at one of your fingers. You've just witnessed one of the greatest displays of God's creative intent there is. No other person in all the world, even an identical twin, shares your fingerprint. God specifically designed each of us to be unique. That means we shouldn't try to carbon copy anyone else in the Christian faith. If God made you an arm in his body or a kneecap, praise be to our glorious God for drawing us to become a part of his body. 
how freeing it is to realize that we were never meant to copy anyone but Jesus. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. What if someone gave you $864 every day with one stipulation, you had to spend every penny by the end of the day? Well, that sounds like a lot of money. But here's the truth. God gives you 86,400 seconds every day. Day, 24 hours every day, and you can spend it however you want, but you can only spend it once. Time is a precious treasure. God always gives you enough time to accomplish what He has for you to do. So be careful how you use your time. Making the best use of time is making the best use of your life. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. American Family Radio. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. Proverbs 18:23. Very interesting. We're going to go to the calls. By the way, the number is 888-589-8840. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. 888-589-8840. But Bert, you know, words are so fascinating. Proverbs 18.22, I'm, I'm sorry, 23, the poor useth entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. Okay, you know, because of money, the rich guy can be brazen and rude. Uh, the poor uses entreaties. You know what that word is in the original Hebrew, Bert? I didn't tact. look it up. What is it? Tact? Oh, tact. wow. Yeah. You know, to be tactful. And, and so... If somebody is doesn't have money, they need favor. They need to uh, be winsome and try to build a bridge. And uh, the old King James says entreaties. You know, um, you're kind of asking, if not begging. But it's the word tact, and tact is always a good attribute to learn, isn't it? It is. That's what we try to be here on exploring the word, uh, answering questions and sharing. And so that's what we want to do now. So we're going to go to the phone lines, and we go to Ohio and talk to Wayne. Wayne, welcome. Hey, welcome, guys. Hey, God bless you and Alex. Um, I just want to give you some information, some praise. Um, last month, I got licensed as a pastor. Uh, well, amen. For your journey, but I just want to tell you, you guys had a lot to do with my growth and courage to go through with becoming a pastor because of this program. And uh, we just want to give you the glory. And also, I'm retiring from my full-time job on Monday. Wow. And I'm going to serve the Lord. And I don't know where he's taking me, but I'm I'm ready to let him work <laughs> through me and do what I got to do. So just praise the Lord and thank you guys. And if you could just say a prayer for me, I'd appreciate it on your own time. 
I would think Amen. we're right. not only going to do it on our own time, we're going to have our, our Sunday school class, as Alex and I talk about it, <clears throat> throughout the United States to pray for Wayne from Ohio. What, you know, congratulations and condolences yeah. combined. Yeah. Now, I, I'm joking <laughs> on that. No, but I, I say that uh, it is a great adventure. Pastoring is one of the greatest rewards. Uh, Forty years pastoring full-time, and then the last 10 years I've been doing it interim, preaching, helping churches. And so, Wayne, we are excited, and, man, we're going to pray. Alex, would you mind yeah. praying for Wayne? And everybody write the name Wayne down and say, Becoming Pastor. Uh, pray for him. Alex, would you lead us? Amen. Dear Lord, how we rejoice for Wayne, and he has heard your call and he's obeyed it. The Bible tells us to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers, and here one has been sent. And we, we pray for Wayne. Keep your hand upon his life and his marriage and family. Lord, use him. And uh, in the joyful times, may he praise you. In the challenging times, may he remember that all of us, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, Lord, use this dear brother to further your kingdom and bring many to Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is exciting. Uh, there's nothing that I, I think that excites us anymore. You know, remember John, he says, I have no greater joy than to see my little children walk in faith. Alex, Amen. when people are listening to exploring the word and they're encouraged and they're serving the Lord walking, uh, it's a great encouragement. So, Wayne, you have encouraged us today, so thank you. Let's go to Texas and talk to Cody. Cody, welcome. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking my call. So, yes, you talked a little bit about this yesterday, I think. Um, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're purified, sanctified through Him. And our goal in life, is to become more like him through study of scripture and fellowship with other Christians. And uh, it seems to me that I'm kind of getting a bit of confusion from individuals where they say, hey, you've received Christ. Now you have to attain perfection by becoming Christ-like in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm like, is it, am I... Am I covered by grace for believing and trying, even though I may fail, or am I covered by grace and need to attain perfection? Cody, thank you for calling. I'm proud mm. you've received Christ as your Savior. Use those words, salvation. Salvation is God coming into our lives by grace through faith as we turn to him. And Alex, is that salvation is regeneration it is sanctification and ultimately glorification and god does that now god's the only one that can do the regeneration no one else can do it the sanctification is god's we're positionally sanctified already but practically we cooperate with the holy spirit and and let me say one thing and alex i'm taking up more time than i meant to but let me add to that yes reading the word yes and in fellowship with others, yes. But let me add a third one, and that's serving him. You don't find anyone really growing the way they should in the Lord unless they're serving him. Now, not just inside the church, outside, helping others, ministering. Alex, deal with that about perfection, though. That really needs to hit, be hit on, doesn't it? Well, hey, I want to say thanks for calling. And uh, 
you know, there's salvation and then there's Christian growth. It's just like a baby, you know, a baby is delivered and then a baby grows up, right? All right, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are saved. Uh, the minute you're, you're born again, and the Bible uses words like regeneration, in other words, you're made alive, and you are as saved as you'll ever be. However, there is sanctification. And so scholars use the word positional and progressive. Positionally, your position, you're in Christ. But then progressively, throughout the rest of your life, you grow, you mature, you deepen. Now, if, if even a born-again believer stumbles and sins, you're still saved, but your fellowship needs to be restored. Colossians 3.10 talks about putting on the new man and, in other words, living in your true identity, which is now as a follower of the Lord. Uh, Romans 12.2 talks about renewing your mind. So, uh, brother, you are saved, but the rest of life after salvation is this wonderful lifelong adventure of walking with the Lord, seeing God at work, growing in the Lord, learning new and new things about the Lord. But, Berta, I think, and you and I talk about it a lot, there's a lot to be said for understanding position and progression. The minute you trust Jesus, you are in Christ and then for the rest of your life, you progress in the growth of your relationship with Christ. Uh, Paul wrote and said, work out your salvation. He didn't say work for your salvation. You've already received it. Now, that uh, me being raised on the farm and having a garden, we had to work out the garden. We already had it planted. We already It was already ready to produce, but we had to go out and keep the weeds out. We had to prune the tomatoes. We had to do a lot of things so that it would produce all that it should produce. You remember it says, Cody, that we want to produce fruit, even much fruit. Positionally, you're already ready. You're already. But now you must progressively, as Alex said, keep on. And that does have to do with those things, serving the Lord, staying in his word, obeying him. And uh, brother, walk in the Lord. And that's what you're going to do. Thank you, Cody. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Edward. Edward, welcome. Uh, yes, sirs. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I struggle with assurance, and um, there's two Bible verses that I wanted to go over real quick, see what you guys thought about it. Um, Matthew 7:21, where it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then 1 John 5:13, These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. I think my main uh, quandary is, how do I know that I'm known by Jesus? Great. Edward, thank you for calling. Let me just speak to Matthew 7, 21, Alex, and then you go from there. And I, I, I don't want to take up much time. But let me just share with you, you've got to remember who was in the crowd when Jesus was preaching that Sermon on the Mount. There were several, but I know there was one. His name was Judas Iscariot, and he had traveled with them. He had, he had been doing the work with him, and he is saying, not everyone that saith unto me, and then it finishes up and say, but have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done these great works in your name? And he'll respond, I never knew you. You see, this was a false, and Judas's chariot was a pretend. He was the great pretender. And, and so it, it's not talking about someone 
that is real, someone that has come to the place of understanding they're lost without Christ and receiving Christ. But I think 1 John 5.13 really helps us understand that, doesn't it, Alex? Absolutely. You know, in John, I believe it's John 10.14, where Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep hear my voice. And John 6.37, Christ is the one who comes to me, I will in no way reject. Um, Brother, assurance, I think, comes as you... You've got to take God at his word. And the verse that helped me off that treadmill of worry, Bert, I used to lie in bed, and I suppose I prayed the sinner's prayer 150 times. And I read 1 John 5, 13, These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. You know, the great W.A. Criswell, uh, he, I read in his biography, there was a time in his life when he was on the road, he would preach, multitudes would come to the altar. He said he would go back to his hotel room and stay up all night praying the sinner's prayer because he he worried he wasn't really saved. And finally, like Spurgeon, like Chriswell, um, many might relate to this, you have to trust God, and God has promised if you put your faith in Jesus, he will not, he will not cast you away. So, Bert, isn't there great liberty and just, frankly, joy when we take the scriptures for what they say, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish. Amen. Edward, we hope that helps. Keep listening, and we'll do everything we can to help you grow and feed that part of your life that you have received Christ, and uh, you dwell on that. You think on those things. Thank you, brother. Let's go to Georgia and talk to Joshua. Joshua, welcome. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Harper and uh, Mr. McFarlane for taking my call. I haven't called in a while, but I've been doing okay. Real quickly, do you guys really think there will be revival in America? I hope there will. Not that it will make America a Christian nation like it was 150 years ago, but it will just slow down enough of what's going on to keep America stable for a little longer. What about you? What do you think? Joshua, uh, I hope so. That's about uh, I'm praying that we will come to our senses. You remember the prodigal son? After he got in the pig pen, that's when he came to himself. Uh, I think we're going to fall further if we do. Either we're going to fall and Christ is coming back, or we're going to fall and we're going to come to ourselves, but we don't know where to be. Alex, go ahead. Well, I, brother, I, I hear you. I, I hope for revival. I'm, I'm praying and hoping the wheels are beginning to turn. Somebody asked Charles Finney one time, the great revivalist, uh, when will revival come? He said, as soon as you want it. And they said, what, are you kidding? Of course we want it. He said, really? Do you want it badly enough to get up before daybreak and pray? Do you want it badly enough to organize, you know, intercession groups? And amazingly, and and I, I call on the pastors and the leaders and all Christians, if you love God and country, we're, we're in desperate times. This is the time to really be uh, the disciple that we're supposed to be. So I think, Bert, I think God is more eager to send a, a revival than we're even eager to ask for it. Amen. Let's, let's make that a matter of prayer. And, Alex, we have a lot of people that are praying for that, and we want to join them. Let's go to Kansas and talk to Shane. Shane, welcome. Hey, how y'all doing? Good to talk to you. Hey, Alex, remember me, Shane, from Medora Bible 
uh, community. Oh, yes. Church. Hello, my friend. God bless you. Hey, hey, brother. I just wanted to meet Bert. How, how you doing, Bert? Man, I'm doing good. I heard about you, Shane. Alex came home talking about you, man, in a good way, by That's the way. Awesome. <laughs> and we, we had a great meeting there in Hutchinson, Kansas, just last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, just wanted to tell a little of my story. You know, I went to prison for 10 years. I've been out for some years. Um, God took my stony heart, gave me a heart of flesh in 2016. He made me realize just how bad my sin was and that I needed a Savior and that if I called upon him, he would redeem me and save me out of the pit of hell. And he has, and I have had my eyes opened. I was a prodigal son all my life, and God has changed me from the inside out. And I love to evangelize and witness to people. I love to go to church and, and serve in the church and be around godly people because I don't understand how if you don't want to be around God's people down here, why would you want to go to heaven? <laughs> Preach it, brother. Wow. Amen. Shane, you're a blessing, brother. You are, Shane. We thank you, and we're going to be praying for you. I noticed you're, uh, you're interested in Proverbs 22, so we're going to be praying for you that God would uh, bring the people into your life that needs to be in your life, especially as a female. We're not going to be able to go any calls, but I see Mary, and I hope you're listening, Mary, from Louisiana. How do you know that your sins are forgiven? Alex, the Word of God, once you come into Christ, asking Him forgives you, and ask, what does it do? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does the word all mean in, in, uh, in Greek? Oh, let me think here. I believe all <laughs> means all. It does. Mary, He does. He forgives us. And you dwell on that. You live in that. And uh, don't let past sins, if, if you've received forgiveness from God through salvation, don't let them define you. Alex, uh, he, he's got a new tomorrow for us, doesn't he? He does. You know, John thirteen ten says in Christ, I love how the King James says it, we are clean every whit. <laughs> if you've put your faith in Jesus... You're washed clean. Folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. Tune in again tomorrow. We're going to do it again tomorrow, too. But uh, pray for our nation and talk to somebody about Christ. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.